Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Monday, soccer fans. Hope you all enjoyed your weekend. Welcome to Morning Footy. I'm Michelle Jingris alongside Nico Cantor, Charlie Davies, Alexis Guerreros, and Jenny Chu joins us later with the headlines. And a lot of soccer for us to break down from this past weekend, guys. But before we dive in there, how was everyone's weekend? Anybody do anything interesting? You were on the Cape. Good. I yep. know that. Cape yeah. Cod, beach. Chilling on the beach. I'm good. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> yeah. Life nice is old, good. Nice little summer setup you have there. Yes. Whole lot of sand everywhere. Whole lot of sand. The kids must be loving this weekends on the beach. They they just love the summer. Yeah. Now yeah. they're 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 official like beach kids. So like, go crabbing every day. Nice. Crabbing? Like, crabbing. Like you like hunting crabs. They catch. I don't think crab. you have to hunt them. With, so yeah, they, they basically they they've caught four, 38 crabs in about two hours. What? You eat them or put them back? No, they put them back. Oh. But hold up. Wait. wait. With your bare hands? Yeah. And no, wait. They, so you crab crab yeah. they also have a they have a net. So crab traps, right? Basically, they they put this is a lot of northeastern. They put bait talk. inside the net. Okay. And they put it by a hole. Ah, okay. And the crabs, like three, four, will come in at a time. Wow. Are you messing with us? No. I thought it was a bucket. I thought it was like a bucket with a hole in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I don't know anything about something crab. New. Yeah. All I know okay. is they go good with butter. <laughs> uh, okay, as we were talking about just earlier, obviously lots of soccer to get to. The biggest game of the weekend, USA against Sweden. The United mm. States being eliminated in the round of 16 on penalties. I want to say shocking, a shocking exit for the United States just because of what we're used to from this team. But if you watched this tournament and, and their play throughout, maybe not as surprising, or, or maybe it was. How was your initial reaction when you guys watched this game unfold? Yeah, it was um, almost in a similar trend to what we had seen before. Without a doubt, it was the best U.S. performance that we had seen throughout the World Cup, but not good enough. Mm -hmm. For the standard that the U.S. has brought to the World Cup for being the back-to-back -back world champion, the other day it was, it was not good enough, and I don't think we could say it was, it was good. The United States, if you look at it overall, the United States beat Vietnam a World Cup debutant, debutant, and that's the only team that they beat in, in the World Cup before saying goodbye. And then they failed to score in 210 minutes in uh, the, the last group stage game against Portugal and then the, the 120 minutes against mm -hmm. Sweden with, with some tactical errors, with some individual errors. It was probably the biggest failure for the U.S. women's national team on any fronts, usually a team that is competing for the podium mm -hmm. at World Cups, competing for the podium at the Olympics. Um, and this is a moment for to be self-reflective, and this is 
you take it within the greater context. Other teams are growing, and and it's getting women's football is getting more competitive. Mm -hmm. But you can't use that as an excuse for this very very subpar performance mm -hmm. from I, I the women's national team. I would say just extremely disappointing because mm -hmm. you, you're watching it, and sure, this is the best performance that they had in this World Cup. But like you said. It just wasn't good enough, and it felt late and rushed. Mm -hmm. Emily Sonnet finally comes in uh, as, as a double pivot. Looks now you're good. playing with two six. Mm -hmm. Look good. Yeah. You're, you're thinking to yourself, where the hell has she been? Right. Mm -hmm. And If only subs would have and, been and made prior. Like, <laughs> if yeah. only Vlaco had, had tried these things in the past, mm -hmm. because let's be honest, for the past two years, they haven't blown anybody out of the water. Look at all the yeah. friendlies that they've had. They've, they've been competitive friendlies, mm -hmm. whether it's Brazil or Ireland. I just thought you would like to see some tactical flexibility, and, and you look at England's side now, they'll play with a back three, they play with a back, uh, with a back four. Mm -hmm. Just having different ideas for different scenarios. The front three, it wasn't working. And so you, you have to figure out, why, isn't, aren't, why aren't we scoring the amount of goals that we should, given the players mm -hmm. that we have? And it's because there's, it's a lot of like for like. There's not too many differences. You've got to find a, a trio that complements each other well. And I don't think Vlaco did a good job of doing that. And then the midfield, you lose the midfield, you lose control of the game. And we've never. And it wasn't never. until this match that he finally said, oh, let's stabilize the midfield. Yeah. Right. Mm. Uh, yeah, we never got to see a, a control of the midfield until the last until this last match. And like everyone has said, it's not good enough. And from an overall point of view, the fact that we haven't heard anything about Vlaco's future. Uh, whether he's sacked or he's just going to let the contract run out, mm -hmm. we haven't heard anything. Just goes to show that if this is the U.S. women's, you know, Trinidad and Tobago Cuba moment where the U.S. don't qualify, if this is our moment where we get slapped in the face with, wait a minute, we might not be as good as we thought. I, again, where are the changes? Why are, why are we not hearing that changes are being made? Why are we not hearing more about this? And second of all, I fear that this is the moment we've all kind of been talking about loosely where the U.S. women's national team loses its grip on its dominance in this sport. We're seeing why? other teams. Not, I, uh, let I me explain. Think I think uh, we're seeing other teams yeah. bring in tactics that the U.S. women don't have. We're, we're, we're seeing players that are very techie in the midfield players that, that we don't develop. Without Rose Lavelle, we did not look as good in that dynamism moving forward. Mm -hmm. And in those things, we're starting to see like teams like Barcelona uh, and, and the players that they're building, and we're seeing them go to their national teams. We're starting to see European uh, leagues start to pay more than, than NWSL, mm -hmm. present themselves as better um, uh, competitions. Right. Champions League is now becoming way more important. Uh, the Women's Champions League. We're starting to see that grip that the USA had on this women's game completely, completely slide. I think you have that. I just think it comes the, the out the has to grow. You Absolutely. don't think that this squad has enough quality I, player it, for player? Uh, we've to, talked, we, all three of us mentioned how much talent is on this team individually. Oh, the why, problem is putting it together and well, goes to coaching. Well, that's why your point is so valuable about his lack of flexibility with just changing things because it's not for a lack of talent. It's not that this team can't adapt on the fly if put in other positions, but also being put in positions to succeed as well. And, like, and make big calls. And, like and, Alex Morgan, selection. for example, was, was playing good enough to play every single minute almost like she played but do we was, think it's she, a lack she was, of she was never gonna not start under Vladko Rapino was coming off the bench every single game and it was not good had if we stripped Megan Rapino her name with all respect to one of the greatest footballers ever to play in the women's game we stripped Megan Rapino of her name and you put her on the field and you say how was that player's yeah. performance 
it probably wasn't I good agree. enough to she come up. Make, she I, wouldn't I, make, I, she I wouldn't make the team. And I know you no. have thoughts make the on that, too. But, so Michelle, I, to your point, you said it's a lack of flexibility. Do we think it's a lack of flexibility or a lack of creativity from Blacko? Maybe he doesn't have the tools. Yeah, both. It's, yeah. might, it's all of the right, above. That, yeah, yeah. that might now have revealed itself, right? Like mm -hmm. Maybe it's not so much a question. Out of his depth. Exactly. And this was two big tests. I mean, not just this World Cup, but previously as well. Like, the U.S. has not performed up to the standard we're used to seeing under him. And I think what was shocking to me, and we're going to show it as well, is just the way they handled the penalties. Like They played a great game, and then you're seeing Megan Rapino miss a penalty. I mean, that's just something we, we don't typically see. I mean, and I wonder, you know, how much of this is... I mean, I mean, well, how do you even... That's, I, I mean, uh, I don't even know how to it's, assess it's, it's, it. It's like, a, at the end of the day, penalty kicks are penalty kicks, and you can miss one trying to go for glory. You can make it and win. To me, penalty kicks are almost like a crapshoot. They're, they're yeah. not. They're almost like a crapshoot. Like... They should have won during the game. Yeah. If it's going to penalty kicks, anything can happen and you lose in pens. And even in this dramatic oh, fashion, which was what? absolutely crazy, like you, you took the game went to to penalty kicks and then all my analysis after that is 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 like I'm not blaming Sophia Smith for missing penalty mm -hmm. kick or Rapino for no, missing no. penalty and kick. No, but to your point, Vlak it comes back to Vlako. Yes. These are substitutions you made well, that's, knowing yes. that penalty kicks yes, are on coming. the horizon. So, that, so you're yes. taking off Alex Morgan, who was arguably, she had her best game mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. this World Cup. It wasn't great, but it was her best game. Mm -hmm. You're going to take her off knowing that penalty kicks are, are a potential on the horizon. Yeah. And, and you put in players who maybe aren't the best at penalty well, kicks also, or don't have the... And the order was are, weird, are ready too. For and it. you yeah. also put players in... What, I think he made those up last two substitutions in, like, the 80-something minute. Like, you, you, you got to give girls a chance to get loose on the field, to get a little comfortable, you know, going right into game action and then expecting to be put on the literally biggest stage in a pivotal moment. I understand that these women are expected to perform in those situations, but, like... That's just a huge ask of anyone. And, and I think this United States team, they obviously understand the pressure. And I'm curious to see now, you know, you're seeing like a changing of the guard. You know, we talked a little bit about, you know, potentially was that the last time we see Julie Ertz? We know it's the last time we see Megan Rapino. Alex Morgan was a little cryptic post game, but I, I think she'll be, she's planning to come I, back from if I'm reading between the lines here. But how do they respond now? And in hindsight, you know, if we look back on this in the Olympics next year, like, do you think we'll ever be able to say, like, maybe this was a good thing that this happened to this young core because they really got to see what they were made of in this next, now this next year? I, I would say it's, it's, you always find positives in your, in your lowest moments because you, you, that's how you build yourself back up. And the positives for this U.S. Women's National Team is they have talent up the wazoo, mm -hmm. but they have to be guided to, to reach that potential, to, mm -hmm. to maximize the skill sets that they have. Yeah, and, 100%. And... For, and, and you know, I heard Carly Lloyd talk about Kelly O'Hara taking penalties and that she's not a penalty taker, not confident. But mm -hmm. Blanco subs her in, and then she takes, she's one of the five to take it. That, that didn't make sense to me. Um, yeah, so the, the order was super confusing. But to look forward, and you kind of brought this up, we have so much talent up the wazoo. Is this now where U.S. women's national team takes a turn and says, okay, we're done, we're done with the torchbearers. 
Now the torch gets passed on to your Ashley that, Sanchez, that, that's or your Trinity on who Rodman. The new manager is going to be. Yeah, it's more right. Matt Crocker. And, and no, but I'm asking the federation. Do we the federation want has to be urgent, has to be decisive, unlike they were with the men's program when they hit rock bottom. Well, let's not learn. Rock bottom in Trinidad. Yeah. It took a really long time to get yeah. things going again. Well, we have the, a new sporting director. Sarah Kim did a great job, and blah blah blah. And it was just a process that took a little while, and then. There were there were a lot of traits that were repeated afterwards, but mm -hmm. with the women's national team, a program that is one of the best in the world, yeah. it needs to be decisive. Yeah, they've set the standard for so long. I mean, we just haven't expected. We've never had to talk about this like this before, right? right? So it is no. a pivotal moment. Um, another game going on right now, Denmark and Australia. Australia up one nothing so far over Denmark. Here's a look at the round of 16 weekend results. We're going to chat a little bit more about these games when we come back. But a big one going on right now, Australia with a 1-0 lead in the first half. When we come back, Jenny Chu has the headlines on Morning Footy. Stay with us. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Let's start with some Premier League news where Manchester United announced the signing of Rosmus Hoyland on a five-year contract before Saturday's preseason friendly with Lens at Old Trafford. The fee agreed with Atalanta for Hoyland is reportedly $92 million, including add-ons. He spent a single season in Brigamo, scoring nine goals in 32 matches. The Denmark striker joins Mason Mount from Chelsea and goalkeeper Andre Onana from Inter as United's summer signings. Over to last season's champions, Manchester City have completed the signing of Croatian centre-back Joško Vardiol on a five-year deal from RB Leipzig for $99 million with no add-ons. Vardiol, who helped Croatia finish third at the 2022 World Cup, is the second most expensive defender of all time. The 21-year-old who joined Leipzig in 2020 proved himself as a key figure in their back-to-back DFB Pokal titles. And for some updates from the Blues, Chelsea have completed their $32 million signing of Spanish goalkeeper Robert Sanchez from Brighton on a seven-year deal. The 25-year-old Sanchez will be expected to compete with Kepa for the top spot after Eduard Mendy moved to Saudi Pro League club Al-Ali in June. Sanchez, who had been with Brighton for 10 years, made just 23 league appearances for the Premier League club last season before losing his starting place. In Europe, Atalanta are closing in on their latest summer signing target as West Ham forward John Lucas Camaca is set to sign a $32 million contract, including add-ons. According to multiple reports, the deal between the two clubs has been agreed on, making Skamaka the third West Ham player to leave the Premier League club this transfer window. And for fans of the U.S. men's national team midfielder, Eunice Musa officially finalized his $22 million transfer from La Liga's Valencia to AC Milan. Musa, who was born in New York but grew up in Italy and England, has signed a five-year deal with the Serie A side and will join his U.S. men's national team teammate Christian Pulisic at the San Siro. Musa made 37 appearances across all competitions for Valencia last season and helped the club avoid relegation. From news about one American abroad to another, Nottingham Forest have reached an agreement to sign Arsenal and U.S. men's national team goalkeeper Matt Turner. 
Turner, who helped the U.S. With their sec win their second straight CONCACAF Nations League title over the summer, is reportedly undergoing a medical today. He made seven appearances last season for Arsenal, playing in their Europa League and FA Cup matches. Meanwhile, Arsenal is edging closer to signing Brentford goalkeeper David Raya in a move that would reunite him with his former goalkeeper coach. Charlie, we know that you're a massive Matt Turner supporter. You're a big fan of your friend. It looks like he's going to get a full season as a starter in the Premier League for Nottingham Forest. What can we expect from him? You can expect uh, a player who's motivated to prove that he can be a number one in this league. Mm -hmm. it's, it's tough for any player to go to their dream club. Matt Turner went to Arsenal. He's a big supporter of Arsenal. But if you're not going to be given a chance and all of a sudden David Raya is on, on the verge of joining the club, making you number three, and you're proving you think you should be mm -hmm. number one competing with Aaron Ramsdale. And Aaron Ramsdale raised his level of play after the World Cup. After Matt Turner yes, sir, shut out England mm -hmm. and came out, and, and it might have been in the, around the 80th minute or so, he came out out of his box, took the ball, took a couple touches, and then played it. He said he turned to the England bench, just looked over, and Ramsdale was standing up clapping. Wow, super cool. And, and that was a cool moment, but he also realized when he got back that Ramsdale Ooh. took his game up to a, a, mm -hmm. another notch because now he saw Turner as competition. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But going back to him making this move, I'm super excited for him. And what's crazy is that if he's the number one, Ethan Horvath is his number two, <laughs> you know, yeah. or three, because they have uh, Hennessy from, from Wales as well. But two American keepers mm -hmm. in the pecking order of an English Premier League club, which is phenomenal. But I think he's going to see Matt a lot Turner, of action. Yeah. And he's going to see a lot of action. And he's not going to be relied on to make the game with his feet. No. This is back to being a, a top shot, shot stopper. stopper, which he was at Major League Soccer. Yeah. Which he is so still. So 100%. And, uh, Keylor Navas was super important. Keylor Navas is also one of the best shot stoppers in, in, in the last couple of years. And when he came on loan mm -hmm. to, to Nottingham Forest, he was critical in their success. And Matt Turner is going to have to be at that level. He has, he has what it takes to be. I, we, we've, mm -hmm. we've all seen him, and I'm excited for him Same because yeah. this is, this is a great opportunity his for European Absolutely. dream. I think this is the first real, real chapter in yeah, his yeah. European But I do legacy. hope that he's asked to do a little bit more with his feet than a, just a traditional goal stop, uh, shot stopper because that's good for the men's national team. Well, that's what I was just going to say, and we've got to go to break, but just to get these chances, to get a whole year of repetition – leading into these tournaments as the U.S. men's national team keeper, like, that's just got to be great experience for him as, you know, to be kind of playing top form as we head into these major tournaments starting next summer, really. Mm -hmm. uh, all right, lots of leagues cut to chat when we come back. Another big Inter-Miami game last night on the road taking on FC Dallas. We have those highlights and more when we return. Hey everyone, this is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. men's national team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Viore gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the men's Sunday performance jogger and don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com sports. 
That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.com slash sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, this was pretty incredible. Uh, Tigre's goalkeeper, Nawel Guzman, uh, performed multiple magic tricks <laughs> in the Tigre shootout win over Vancouver Whitecaps. He's entering his 10th season with Tigres. He's done this throughout his career, guys, but... I mean, I'm just blown away. I know this isn't the first time he's done this, but it's the first time I've ever seen it uh, done in a game. Uh, magic tricks and 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 even upping the ante when the magic tricks didn't work the first time. He went back to his, oh, his bag of tricks quite literally, it. and then makes a crazy save, like to mentally be able to transition in the miming here. I mean, it's just it's great. I love it. <laughs> Thoughts? No, no, any thoughts? Now, <laughs> has always been like this. He's a large personality. He's your your typical. South American goalkeeper, a little bit unhinged, a couple of loose bolts. That's what you want. Kind of <laughs> crazy. Um, and look, he's going to have to be clutch in the next round because Tigres is playing Rayados of Monterrey in the round of 16. That's a, a derby of Nuevo León, Mexico. And we have it on the League's Cup here in the United States. It's pretty epic to watch. Yeah, it's been it's been fantastic so far. Obviously, Inter-Miami coming off of a, a big win last night against FC Dallas. And... I guess we shouldn't be surprised at this point. Uh, Leo Messi, seven goals and one assist in four matches with Inter-Miami. There were some questions like, would this team be able to replicate their performances on the road at, like they've done at home? I feel like they did a pretty good job of showing that it doesn't really matter where they're playing right now. They just seem to be kind of clicking on all cylinders. What, what do you think? Look, they face adversity for the first time, mm -hmm. especially on the road, being down two goals and you always felt that with Messi on the pitch, there three. was... Uh, sorry? There were three goals down. There were th oh, three goals. There, yeah. there was... In, right, and then Kremashi came on and scored that. Right, they were three goals down. There was enough time... No, there weren't three goals. It was 3-1, right? They were down 4-1 at one point. No, it wasn't 4-1. It was 3-1. Regardless, yeah. regardless, <laughs> there was... A, a, a lot of adversity to face because you get back into the, the game, then you concede again for the 4-2. It, it was a big test not only for Messi to see how much weight he can pull, but Tata Martino went to the bench. He brings on Cremashi, a kid from Kibiskane, Miami, a kid that is friends with my friends, that speaks how I speak, that had the very similar upbringing that I had, and delivered Immediately, Martino changed the system to a three-man back line, and this team already has that Tata Martino fingerprint. It mm -hmm. is a very identifiable a Tata Martino ball, and it, 
they responded. And, mm -hmm. and this team would never respond. And again, I'm going to repeat what yes. I've been saying. The impact has been, has been immediate and messy plays and the games are wildly exciting. Yes. I yeah. never thought I was going to be this into an FC Dallas in a Miami yeah. game and it's mm -hmm. everything nobody, becomes explosive. Nobody was. It's this, absolutely transparent. No one has ever said Inter Miami is must watch TV. It is now. Yes. It absolutely is. And I don't think and this is so weird to say, but the impact that Messi had is actually bigger than I expected it would be. Mm -hmm. It's better than I expected it would be. And it's Messi, and we all know who he is, and he's still of a high quality. He's still of, an, of, a, of a high oak. And it still even impresses me every time I watch. I'm like, damn, everyone around him is immediately better, trying mm -hmm. harder. Opposition, yeah, even. Everybody, yeah. everybody. It's absolutely incredible and to watch. Even going back to that game against Orlando City and just seeing him go back and forth and, and get a little chip. And, and he's so invested. And I think that that was, we were talking a little bit off camera before the show, just you just wonder when you bring in a superstar like this that he doesn't need this. Like this is another like thing to add to his incredibly ridiculous resume. But he could just come in here and be the superstar, punch his ticket, go to work, whatever. It seems like he's really leaned into being someone that can work with these younger players, that wants to be friends with players on the team. Um, and I think that's what makes this so amazing to watch and, and to feel like if you're a young player, as you mentioned, like you're on the pitch with your idol. And not only that, you, 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 he's fulfilling the dream that we it's a, all it's a fantasize. Exactly. I mean, for you, how, when you saw that, that in that moment, what, what was that? What were your feelings like? It's, it, it fills me with a sense of pride, but mm -hmm. it could be one thing if he's just going out there, Benjamin Cremasi is an 18 year old kid, mm -hmm. but he's delivering. Mm -hmm. Tata Martino brought, uh, midfielder from Paraguay and Diego Gomez to play in that in a, in a, in a box to box position. Diego Gomez started yesterday over good. Benjamin Grimasi. He was all right. And he wasn't good. He wasn't good. You didn't like him at all? Uh, no, I don't think he was good. Ah, okay. Uh, yeah, he, he ran, he covered a lot of ground, which was impressive. I, I don't think anybody in Inter Miami today can give you that all over the field. And yeah, sure, it was underwhelming. Um, but I did like the amount of ground he covered. Um, but he, but he, 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 mm -hmm. he delivered. And Inter Miami is, is, it's not only Messi, but Busquets as well. Mm -hmm. the Alba looked good uh, too. Jordi Alba had a game and a half. Yeah. Kamal Miller, the way that he incorporates himself into, into the opposite side of the pitch, um, into the into opposition's yeah. half of the pitch. Um, the, the way, I, you know what I saw Busquets do a lot? Indicate, kind of like run the show. Tell people where to be and where to move. The the triangles, yeah. the passing triangles that Inter Miami were putting like, together. This is what I'm saying, though. It's almost like they're like coaches. It's just a beat down Miami fan. Sorry to interrupt. No, you've, no. you've been such a beat down Miami it's, fan. But it's, it's true. The sim no, but it's the simple things they're doing now that you're like, look, they're passing to each other. <laughs> no, yeah. but it's like they're no, but no. I'm being serious. I'm giving you credit. I, I, I agree, yeah. but it's not only that they're, they're passing to each other. The <clears throat> understanding is yeah. like they didn't just start putting pass together. They started triangulating, being dynamic, breaking mm -hmm. down opposition in, in one touch football. Like they, they took but it to a high it's level. It's almost unfair to have Messi, Busquets, these, and Tata Martino. Uh, how much of that falls on these players like Busquets? I mean, Jordi Alba. It's it's kind of too soon to tell. Obviously, had a great game yesterday, but like and Messi as well. But just the teaching that they're doing in real time on the field. It's it's he'll speak it's, to that. It's it's the coaching. If I'm a star player, I'm not coming to coach everybody. That's not my job. My job is to come and perform. And I've talked to a lot of players who come to the league and, and they feel like the expectation is for them to 
basically play, score, and teach and coach. Okay. And, and no, that's not my job. I'm not supposed mm. to be doing the team talks and doing the, the yeah. X's and O's. I'm here to do my job. But I think there's a part of it is I want to, if I need to succeed, if I want to succeed, then yeah. the players around me have to know how I move and where to be and, and to find the certain pockets around me. And really, it's Tata Martino combined with Busquets, mm -hmm. Alba, and Messi that have just raised the profile of Inter Miami. And now you're starting to see passing sequences and movements. And Busquets <laughs> is, is a 10 out of 10, one of the best midfielders of all time when it comes to creating his own space. So no matter how athletic you are, you can't touch him mm -hmm. because he's always moving and his head is constantly like this. So if you come, he plays one touch. If you mm -hmm. don't come, he, he can take two, three. And he, he's always three or four steps ahead, which forces everyone else to be ready for the next mm -hmm. play. You're not just thinking about the current play. And that's where we're seeing the progress for Inter Miami's players right Chuck, now. Chuck, are Inter Miami the best team in MLS right now? They haven't played a game in MLS yet though. Oh, fair. In, in League's Cup? Okay. D we saw in this match, though, the defensive deficiencies and, and of mm -hmm. Inter-Miami. They play very and, high. And the poor mm -hmm. pace uh, of, of a Christoph when you play in behind, issues. Mm -hmm. And if, if, if you could keep everything sharper, in front, it would have been game if, over. If you can keep the game in front of that back line, you're good. You're yeah. safe. But as soon as they have to run and chase their own Agreed. goal, they're in trouble. Yeah. And, and Drake Callender is, is sometimes comes with big, big saves. He also is prone to a mistake or two. Yeah. Bad positioning or poor communication. Um, Should have stopped feet. the own goal. Just, yeah. you, you just see that defensively they're frail. And yeah. they might have to win games 5-4, 4-3, 3-2 yeah. to get into the playoffs. But... Before, people are like, no way in hell can this Miami team get in the playoffs. Now, I know. they really do have a shot. Yeah. Absolutely. They may be the hottest team coming back into MLS after this. As long as everyone stays healthy, right? That's, yeah. that's yeah. the key. Yeah. Exactly. But with Messi. And they're bringing a center back. Now, now a penalty kick. If they're 25 yards <laughs> and out anywhere around them, that's a penalty kick from Inter Miami. Did, did, you, you, did, you, yell? did you yell when he scored? I did. <laughs> My wife's sleeping. I'm like, oh, no! <laughs> She's like, get the kids out of the house, it's a fire. Here's a look at our Monday fixtures coming up. Some League's Cup matches for you to take a look at. A big Eastern Conference rivalry between the Philadelphia Union and the New York Red Bulls. Also going on later on, Kertarho taking on New England and Charlotte FC facing Houston. The winner of that game will face Inter-Miami. And we, when we come back, we've got lots of World Cup action to recap from the weekend from earlier this morning as well. And a game going on right now between Australia and Denmark. Australia with a 1-0 lead still. When we return, more coming your way on Morning Footy. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie! Oi, oi, oi! You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Welcome back to Morning Footy. Here's a look at the round of 16 weekend results for the Women's World Cup. Spain with a 5-1 win over Switzerland. Japan defeating Norway 3-1. England wins on penalty kicks, advancing 4-2 after a scoreless uh, 
I guess, regular game there. The Netherlands with a 2-0 win over South Africa. And Sweden advancing on penalty kicks against the United States. We covered that one earlier. Australia currently with a 1-0 lead over Denmark. Here's a look at the brackets right now. What we'll see going forward as this continues to advance throughout the tournament. Japan taking on Sweden. Spain facing the Netherlands. But we've got to talk about how they got there because big games this weekend. So let's begin first with uh, Spain defeating Switzerland 5-1 over Switzerland. And Jenny, I know we were talking before on camera and just off camera just about how dominant this performance was for Spain, especially coming off of that loss to Japan, just the way right. they were able to flip the script. Were they just in another class? I mean, four first half goals for this team. It, it, did it feel like there was it was like an even an even matchup? It's interesting because so Switzerland hadn't gotten scored on at all in the group stage. And then they come into this match, they score early, and then they score an own goal. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I feel like the game could have shifted. You could have suddenly, you know, turned on each other, turned on, you know, lost the composure and the calm, and instead they go on to score four more goals. I think that that is beautiful. That shows resilience, that shows grit, that shows teamwork um, in a lot of those aspects. Um, it's not that the Japan game showed that Spain wasn't a good team. It's mm -hmm. that Japan is that dominant. Mm -hmm. it's that, like, Japan is the team. I know we'll get to that mm -hmm. in a little bit. But um, for Spain to have done so well, I don't think is that much of a surprise. I mean, I think we all picked Spain to move forward in our uh, brackets because Spain is a very dominant team. But the fact that they came off that such, big, such a big loss is because Japan is the team to beat. Yeah, we, we see Bonmati there. She's absolutely Unreal. Five goal contributions this World Cup. She scored two goals that were absolutely unreal in this game, and I see her becoming a future Golden Boot winner. And, and I would say it's not that J, uh, Japan are the team and they're the best team. I think it's it was a tactical masterclass mm -hmm. from Japan mm -hmm. because they are a sit and counter, and when they counter, they're effective as can be. And so Spain got caught out of position. They they kept they keep the ball beautifully, and they're a possession based team. They have so many incredible players. But if you are out of position and you lose the ball carelessly or just mm. a giveaway, mm -hmm. Japan will, will, will make you FC Dallas pay. needed a little bit of what Japan brings. Exactly. Yesterday. Before we move on to that game, though, I just what you said, I, that resilience that they showed, just confidence-wise, what does a win do for them like that? A win like that, such a statement win as they look to go forward now. Well, it's huge because now... They're going against the Netherlands, mm -hmm. and they That's are probably the, mm -hmm. the most like-for-like -like team in mm -hmm. terms of how they build out of midfield. And two very technical it, teams. Very, two very technical teams, and it could go, this game could go either way. That one's going to be so It's fun. a really good game. Yes. At, what, yes. at, what, at what time is it? I'm very scared to ask at what time I, that I game is. I would say it's probably either 2.30 <laughs> or yeah, 5 a.m. 5 a.m. Oh. feels late now. If it's a 5 a.m., oh, you're no. like, oh, it's 5 a.m. 5 a.m. is great. 5 a.m. is great. It's very cool. Um, okay, so... 9 p.m.? 9 p.m. 9 p.m.? Right, you know why? You know That's why? Great. You know why? Because that, that was supposed to be the U.S.'s slot. The, they, oh. they made the World oh. Cup so that the U.S. into the knockout stage, they imagined they would clinch first in the group. Oh, and it would be and pr the, like prime time, essentially, the, the, here. Those yeah. time, the net, that Netherlands time slot, imagine it's wow. the U.S. That, that's why it's, well, well, it's, it's a good, good, good time to watch a good game. Netherlands yeah. also will be without uh, Danielle Vandedonk, which mm -hmm. is a huge loss for them. Uh, we'll chat about that a little bit later. But let's, let's transition now and talk about Japan's 3-1 win over Norway. And, Charlie, you really hit the nail on the head. The thing that's impressed me the most about this Japan side is just how organized they play football. And, and they're so composed, so calculated in those moments on the counter as well. Um, it really felt like Norway just struggled this whole game to really find time and space. And 
I, I don't know. I just when I watch this this Japan team, and Jenny, as you mentioned, it feels like this is just they're the team to beat. I agree with you. I think they're the top team in the tournament right now. They are my winner, and they have been since the group stage. Once we watched um, them beat Spain, you go back and you watch mm -hmm. everything that they've done, and you're thinking, mm -hmm. oh, this this team can win in so many different ways. So to Charlie's point, yes, on the counterattack, they are so lethal. They had 22 percent. 22% possession against Spain, and they still beat them, yes. what, four? What was it, three goals on three shots? Three. Yes, they're very clinical. They yes. Do. But in this match against Norway, you see a completely different team. 61% possession. Mm -hmm. They can keep the ball, and they do the keep way the they ball. Adapt. They yeah. are able to score in so many different ways. T tactically, technically, they can do mm -hmm. everything right. And you can't, what, what, something that we talked about on the second third is that, um, oh, teams will now know how to defend against them so they won't be that lethal. Mm. The mm -hmm. thing is that even if you know, you can't stop them because they can adjust. Mm -hmm. They can change mm -hmm. how they play the game because they are, they have an arsenal of, of things to change to. I yeah. mean, Chuck, how do you play against a Japan team when you know that they're so lethal on the counter? Is, is there a way to give a team that likes the counter, give them the ball, and you kind of use your own medicine, their own medicine against them? Or is, is that too difficult to do. Like Sweden, it's probably not in their DNA to sit back like you would expect Japan does, but is there a possibility? So the best way to stop a team from countering is? To keep the ball. Prevent yeah. the counterattack. Mm -hmm. okay. So keep the ball. In, in, in the way that you do that is when you're building out of the midfield, you're building, players who aren't or without the ball are anticipating if a pass doesn't make it through the lines, if it doesn't connect, that you're already anticipating that and you're closer to players. So Mia Zawa, for instance, she has no space to start to get on that run. You have somebody there already checking her. Mm -hmm. Like So you can't allow these players to just bomb forward. And, mm -hmm. and that's what Tanaka and Miyazawa do so well. They're, they're on the run to make great runs. So you have to check them. I, I expect this game to be much more physical. When you're saying check them, you mean physically. Physically. Yeah. Check them. Physically yeah. bump them. You bump mm -hmm. them before they can get in the run. Get, don't let them get into a rhythm. And that's how you, you defeat a counterattack team. But Like Puyo it, couldn't do against you. <laughs> what, I'm, what I'm saying, Nico, is that yes, they are. They can do the counterattack so well. We talked about their whipped in balls, the texture of the ball, how beautifully they're placing mm -hmm. those balls in for the run. But they can also win in possession, control the yeah. game, and in two touches, they're up front and scoring goals. I mean, yeah. the way that they score, with all the goals, what, I think they've scored 14 goals and only uh, conceded one, is that? Yes. yes, you're right, 14 goals. 14 goals in all different ways. So if you're trying to stop them, what can you say? Okay, yes, if we sit back, um, they, they can hold possession. Great, they're lethal at that. If we step up, they're great in the counterattack. They're very great. direct. They can still very do that. Direct. So, yeah. How Not do you stop a team the, like the that? Three clean sheets they've had as well. So on the other side of the ball, they're making things happen too. Let's move on. Let's talk uh, Netherlands taking on South Africa. They defeated South Africa 2 0. This was South Africa's first time ever advancing to the knockout stages of the Women's World Cup. They were just a Cinderella story that I really enjoyed watching. Obviously, all of those locker room videos of them singing. It was, it, that, there was, you felt a lot of pride for them being in that position. Um, so sad to see them go, but a, a big win for the Netherlands to advance as well. How do you think they fared in that game? Uh, and South Africa had their chances. Their chances. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't like Netherlands absolutely dominated the entire time. South Africa no. presented an offensive threat had they been a little bit more clinical. Maybe we would have seen one of these games that goes to extra time, similarly to like a Nigeria, uh, England from earlier this morning. Um, but South Africa had 
a, a, had a great game, I think. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But maybe, I, I don't know if inexperience is, is the right word, but when you're up against a powerhouse at a World Cup, being clinical is, is key. key. You can't yeah. let opportunities and clear opportunities go by. I would yeah. say on the counterattacking aspect, um, Katlana was absolutely amazing. And that is a player who has absolutely made her mark in this World Cup. I mean, previously, I think she was African Player of the Year. So we, we knew who she was before. Mm -hmm. But for her to make her mark in games like these, she has five different players on her, and she is beating them 1v1. Yeah. Um, the thing about South Africa is I think they got really unlucky. In the first yeah. half, they had to make two substitutions to injuries, um, and then the fatigue sets in at that point. Mm. The way that they're playing on the counterattack, so much fatigue is setting in. Um, but Katlana had so many opportunities that she created herself, or mm -hmm. the team put her in great positions. I was incredibly impressed with South Africa's play. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's really sad that they, they don't get to move forward. Other, obviously, yeah. Netherlands has so much pedigree and history sure. in this tournament. Um, but South Africa was incredibly impressive, and I, I'm so excited to see that the program future for continue them. to grow. Yeah. That's, that's they how have I feel about talent. Nigeria. Yeah. Same thing. Just yeah. Super Falcons going out there, Bayana Bayana, and they did Africa proud. Mm -hmm. they, the way that they performed, it was getting into the knockout rounds and just competing. Mm -hmm. Nigeria took England to PKs, and South Africa, mm -hmm. yes, they had only 30% mm -hmm. possession, they conceded possession, but who doesn't to this Netherlands side because they are right. so good in the midfield at keeping the ball, but Galana showed mm. she's got it. She's, yeah. she's a baller. Hey, um, Africa still has Morocco left, chill. Yeah. They can, Morocco can. It's been an incredible tournament for all the African I never countries. Said they were I mean, lose. that's just. <laughs> France. You never know. You never know. You never know. Um, okay, and, and as we mentioned earlier, though, the Netherlands without a huge piece um, in Danielle van de Donk as they move forward. So we'll have to see how they can adjust on the fly. But let's quickly touch on that earlier game from today England against Nigeria. England advancing on penalties. Uh, you just kind of mentioned, you know, Nigeria's side of it. But, but for England, they lose Lauren James on a red card. What impact will that be going forward for them in this next matchup? What is their next matchup? Their next matchup will be. Colombia, the winner versus Colombia, Brazil, Jamaica. Uh, uh, Jamaica. Jamaica. Yeah. Oof. Okay, so your bracket has Colombia winning that. Are no. Attacking third. No. No. You guys we have. We chose Jamaica. Jamaica. Oh, we did too. Really? Yeah. We did too. I wanted to choose yes. Colombia. I can't believe we went because against Morocco Colombia. ends up beating Colombia. No one has a... scored a goal in Jamaica. <laughs> yeah. Why are you people, have to, why don't are people overlooking them. Jamaica? But, but, don't overlook them. But Colombia. I, I, I love Colombia. And Linda, I, I think, love, has an injury Linda as well. Caicedo. Caicedo has right. an injury. I, I love the way that Colombia has played. Catalina Perez in goal yeah. has been phenomenal. Yeah. Down solid. the spine, they've been solid. I, they're, they're like a Cinderella team. I yeah. love Colombia. But... Jamaica, Jamaica. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah. They have not conceded in yeah, this tournament. Yeah, I wouldn't bet and against them. And, and all they're playing for, too, how much more it means oh and, and how they got there, their journey. Sorry, Charlie, I didn't mean to no, interrupt you there. No, you're it's not. Just, I agree with you. The, um, down the spine, super strong. They don't just rely on Bunny Shaw. Bunny mm -hmm. Shaw is obviously... And Bunny Shaw didn't even play one of the games no, in the group stage. Bunny Shaw is, is, is obviously an incredible player, mm -hmm. but she is not the Jamaican national team. They don't rely right. on Bunny Shaw, mm -hmm. which I think just shows how much quality that they have. Yep. And their, their back line, their keeper, midfield, I, I just feel I that... Mean, and we just talk about this, confidence. This is a top team. Their game against Brazil, mm -hmm. I mean, and I think now they're feeling it oh, going yes. forward. 
like like he said, it's not just Bunny Shot. Lauren Donaldson is mm -hmm. figuring stuff out there that we've really never seen Jamaica kind of put it together like this. It's such an exciting project for them, and to see the happiness of them getting through, mm -hmm. honestly, like. I, I was emotional just watching Lauren Donaldson mm. doing the cartwheels that he had promised he would do. Yeah. Yeah. And so on amazing. third. Right. Um, yeah. We spoke to, um, gosh, what's her first name? Marley. Sadella Marley. Marley. Yeah, she was outstanding, amazing, and all of the hope and like inspiration that they all are to each other. Yeah. Just such it rubs off thing. on you. It's, yeah. This so whole beautiful. World Cup, I will say, I mean, there's been a lot of disappointment, obviously, with the U.S. women's national team, but there have been so many stories that you follow Great along. stories. Yes, it, and just it proves resilience and, and the growth. 32-team World Cup is the way to go. Yeah. For I didn't know both you, men and the women, so, and, that, and that's the perfect number. I, know you, yeah. I didn't know you didn't like Jamaica. <laughs> no, get out of it. Don't, um, don't, don't use, I didn't say that. Don't misconstrue yeah, my you're words. You're evil. Yeah. I'm evil. Uh, but great stuff. Yeah, we've got plenty more coming up, guys. Let's keep it rolling. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.